not all gloom and doom. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Under One Roof. Under One Roof. Under One Roof. Under One Roof. A podcast about multi-generational households living through the pandemic. We are anthropology students. We are anthropology students from Cal Poly Pomona. Over the past few years, we've interviewed people living together in households consisting of children, parents, and grandparents during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, now, under the leadership of our professor, our professor, Dr. Amy Dow, we want to share the stories we've uncovered. We want to share the stories, stories we've, we've uncovered. uncovered. This episode is called Making the Mask of It by Genevieve and Sam. In today's segment of Under One Roof, me and Sam will be exploring a few personal stories that address some positive aspects of isolation that multi-generational households were able to find throughout and despite these difficult, unprecedented times. Our goal is to highlight the hope, joy, and resilience that was found when families were forced to come together during the trials and tribulations of COVID-19. Jenna, um, I know you lived in a multi-generational family mm-hmm. when you were experiencing COVID. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I did, actually. I lived with my two parents and my older sister and also my younger sister, who's 10. So what does that make? Gen Z, millennial, two Gen Zs. And, <laughs> yeah. and my parents are in their 50s. And what I found really interesting was You know, this was sort of the first major historical event I believe my generation has lived through, me being a 20-year-old. And it was the first event that I got to experience or go through along with my family. Obviously, they've been alive much longer than me. They've gone through crazy times in American and global history. But during COVID-19, this was a chance for all of us to experience history together and to see those different multi-generational perspectives Um, seeing how it affected my parents, who were probably the most at risk for COVID, affecting me, who, you know, was taken out of high school in 2020 and lost graduation and all of that. And then also seeing how it affected my younger sister, who, you know, is really at that delicate age of development where they need to be in school, but instead she was forced into isolation. And, you know, it was really an opportunity for all of us to come together and care for each other. And I mean, there's always something to talk about every day, right? Over dinner, it was talking about the news and complaining about people at work, talking about what we did during the day, and we had to make the most of it. Um, I really didn't feel like we experienced any struggle as a family. I don't think there were any conflicts that came up because of COVID. If anything, we had to learn how to adapt and tolerate each other, you know, and find new unique ways to make the days pass and keep growing um, as COVID-19 trudged on. (laughs) That's really great. I love that. During the pandemic, my sister became a multi-generational family. So, 
I would like to introduce my sister and her family and their feelings on what it was like becoming a multi-generational household during the pandemic. My sister Joe has two daughters, Lily, who's 17, and Cynthia. Cynthia has a partner, Camilo, and during the pandemic, they had a baby girl. These are their own words on how becoming a multi-generational family affected and changed their lives. You guys became a multi-generational household during the pandemic. So relay to me what that was like for you guys to experience that. Well, when we first found out the news, it was just pure excitement, pure joy. Um, and it's been like that ever since. She's, it's not a lot's changed, really, just an extra little body running around screaming. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's nice. It's nice to have family close together, you know, and during the pandemic, you know, we were stuck at home and not a lot of places to go. So just having her around and, and the baby and just, like I said, being together was, was, was nice, nice. We would play games and, and yeah, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Being the aunt. <laughs> it was fun, especially because I was the first one to find out. So that's like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, that's right. You were home. Yeah, I was the first one to find out because I was like about to get ready for class over Zoom. And then it's like, and when Sister just came, was like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, ah! <laughs> and so that was just cool. Definitely a different breed, too. She's <laughs> super smart, picks things up. And I think that has a lot to do with us being home and being together as a family. So she's she's seen watching all of us, you know, and it's definitely helped her understand things and learn things and know things. So Sam and I found this information really interesting on how her sister mentioned that Baby B turned out to be really smart and she seemed to be really positively impacted by living at home with the multi-generational family during COVID. And we went on to do some research because we think, you know, there's been sort of a stigma around quote-unquote pandemic babies, right? And the negative impacts this may have in their development. But with um, her sister's daughter's baby, we actually see that it may have positively impacted her. And we found an article called The Structure of Intergenerational Exchanges in American Families, written by Hogan, Egbein, and Clogg in the University of Chicago Press Journal. And they did research on the relationships within multi-generational households. And they actually found that, well, one, the primary relationship between a child is between them and their parent. But after that, the next strongest relationship a child can have is with their grandparents. And there's an exchange of giving and receiving support that affects everyone's relationship with each other within that household. The article goes on to say that even the relationship between grandparents and parents becomes stronger. So from a child development point of view, strong relationships help build independence and confidence within these children. And that's actually been very beneficial to their developing minds. You know, so what this article found and this research found was actually that children that live within multi-generational households grow up to have more confidence to explore their environments and they have stronger cognitive development and the bonds between the parent and child and the grandparent and child help with their future interpersonal relationships.
I found this article really intriguing and it totally supported everything my sister had been saying about the baby. I think this all really goes to show, you know, when we think back to the main point of our episode, which is sort of the positive aspects that unexpectedly came out of the pandemic. This is a really good example of when we look at the situation in a different way. When obviously there were a lot of really tragic parts about this time period, but there is a silver lining to everything. And there's a lot of unexpected, unusual ways that times like this can teach us about ourselves and our families and prompt us to look at the world a new way. And when we look at research like this, I mean, you had someone in your own family who really, you know, proved the entire point of this article and showed that, you know, well, there's a lot of people who really struggled to live with their parents and their grandparents or younger children during the pandemic. There's a lot of people that were actually strengthened because of it. And that's an opportunity that may not have come about, um, you know, if this didn't happen, if COVID didn't happen. And I know speaking for myself as well, I had a very positive experience with my family. I felt our relationships were strengthened as well. So that's really interesting research. And, um, you know, thank you so much for sharing your family's experience, Sam. Thanks, Jenna. They are happy to share their story. Joe brings up a point. The influence of them all living under one roof really does help with her development. Because we're all very present in her life and she's very present in our life. I don't know. I don't remember what it was like not to have Honestly, her around. It, she's going to turn two this year, but it's like feels like she's been here forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe, I really think you nailed it when you said that she was just as much a part of your lives as you are part of hers. I think it really does show with her development and her confidence that she has with other people and meeting and experiencing new things. Joe, I know that you guys were living in a very tiny apartment during the pandemic. So when you found out about the new baby, how did you guys deal with that? Luckily, when we found out she was pregnant, we were in the process of moving to a bigger place. So that definitely helped a lot, too, with being able to transition into having an extra little body around and and the space and location. And we're very lucky to be where we're at right now, too. Sam, you mentioned your sister and her family moved from one apartment to another during this time. I'm curious, how big was her first apartment compared to the one they moved into? And did you notice any effect this had on the well-being of your family? So my sister moved from a tiny one-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment on Foothill Boulevard in La Crescenta. And this apartment was so small, she couldn't even put a refrigerator in her kitchen. Her youngest daughter had a bed in the dining room, and it was set up for a bedroom. Her older daughter and her partner, Camilo, they slept in the bedroom. And my sister, she slept on the couch. And there was a point where my oldest daughter was going to college and was spending the night there as well. Camilo, he would be getting up at 
four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning to make it to work. So it was tough, but they adapted, they did it. And then during the pandemic, when they moved, they moved into a two bedroom one bathroom apartment, but it is considerably larger. They have a nice balcony that overlooks these beautiful trees. They are in a great location of Montrose La Crescenta. And and it's just really nice. Cynthia, Camilo, will you tell me what it was like to become a multi-generational household during the pandemic? How did this affect you? Um, so, uh, I guess before, uh, before we, um, the pandemic happened is when we started planning sort of thing. Um, but usually, uh, when, when we try for a child and stuff like that, it was more during the pandemic. And then once she, we were going through that, it was really, um, just kind of like life changing because we went from being kids to having a kid. It was just completely different for us to uh, change that kind of mindset um, from like being quote unquote young or, you know, or whatever. Carefree. Yeah, sort of thing. Well, yeah, we like, grew a lot during, we grew because obviously, because we kind of had no choice. We had to grow, we had a baby on the way, so we couldn't really let, couldn't let the pandemic affect us like the way we probably would have if we were still single i mean not single uh not expecting a child maybe it would have been a little bit harder on us but i would say that the fact that we were expecting a kid kind of like like they gave us that positive like yeah like all right like we have yeah yeah like we yeah yeah we have something something to look forward to like that something good is coming is gonna come out of this you know it's not all gloom and doom so like once we had the once we had a kid like it was just like a whole different like experience but yeah it was definitely a positive experience um and a positive moment during the pandemic and stuff so it's we have a baby on the way and so yeah i mean I would definitely say the baby definitely helped keep things positive through a lot of that. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's about it. That's some really great insight, Camilo and Cynthia. I really appreciate that. I really love what Camilo says there about having something to look forward to. Like when things were so uncertain and frightening during the pandemic, we all remember they found something that was like, you know, not only did it provide a sense of hope, it was also like a sense of chronology. Like, okay, we have this timeline, we have a definite point we can look forward to in the future when everything else is so up in the air. I think that's such a valuable insight they were able to make. That's super inspiring. It was really interesting when Cynthia said that we were kids and then we were having a kid. So it was it was a transition, a change for them to experience this. And also, talk about multi-generational. I love the point he makes about literally growing up themselves throughout this pandemic. Like before the pandemic, I think we were all kids in some way and we all changed so much in one way or the other. And for them, it meant becoming parents. It meant becoming the adults and stepping into the shoes of that 
new generation to reign in the new one. How's the baby doing now? Well, she is doing really well. Yeah. She is saying two to three word sentences, which <laughs> from a child development point of view, that's actually really advanced. You're not really saying two to three word sentences until, you know, you're two and a half, three years old. She's almost completely potty trained, which is also unheard of for uh, somebody under the age of two. So <laughs> yeah, I, she is quite a miracle, quite a a very busy, very exploring, you know, just wants to know everything and, and always, what's going on? What's wrong? Aww. She's very sweet. Very in tune. She's smart. Very smart. That's great. Very smart. She uh, definitely keeps us bewildered by the things that she just <laughs> can She's... say and understand. It's kind of like a science experiment on <laughs> well, COVID babies, right? Yeah. <laughs> like a great one. Like, what is it like to actually have the whole family raising a singular child? Yeah, seriously. This isn't something, this isn't an opportunity you'd normally get when we're in our normal work lives and we're taken out of the house. There's not this chance to actually be able to stay at home and take care of a newborn all together. And exactly. Obviously, you can see the benefits that have come yeah, about. Yeah, and culturally, within the United States, um, it, it, it's not an accepted way of living, even though we're seeing it more and more. And we, a lot of other cultures, that is an accepted way of living. Mm -hmm. We've just always foo-fooed it. But now you can see the actual benefit of living in a multi-gen household and the kids they they benefit the most mm -hmm. the the babies benefit the most from having everybody there they really do because having the grandparents and aunts and uncles there yeah. every day full attention sharing the love exactly and exactly. if you want to talk about you know trying to glean positive outcomes from the pandemic, that may be something we can look forward to in terms of changing the precedent. Yes. You know, now that we've gotten a taste of that, that may be a change we see moving forward where people think, you know what, we do want to be there for these life-changing events, right? These unforgettable, these unmissable developments. And we want to live together as a multi-gen family right. to see all of that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great, too, because, you know, there's a lot of talk about the possible consequences of children who live through pandemic, right? The pandemic babies, the potential impacts on their mental development. But we can see here we have a great example of a baby who is excelling, if anything. She's doing great. And that was perhaps thanks to the pandemic. Yeah. So it's not all bad news. There is hope. <laughs> I completely agree, for sure. our episode of Under One Roof. We'd like to thank those who provided their stories in the past for their valuable input and collaboration with our class. We'd also like to thank our honored guests, Joe, Lily, Cynthia, and Camilo, and the precious baby bee for sharing their insights. I extend my thanks to my dear friend Genevieve as well for her support on this project and for sharing her story. 
Thank you to Truman and Marianne from Story Center for your guidance, and thank you to Dr. Dow for your much appreciated instruction. Under One Roof was created with financial support from Cal Poly Pomona and the National Science Foundation. Shout out to Story Center for production and storytelling guidance. You can find more information about this podcast and our findings at our webpage, underoneroof.buzzsprout.com. Under One Roof, Cal Poly Pomona. Yeah, I would, yeah, that's about it.